0: Hey all, it's your co-host Nick here with Psychedelic Passage, and I want to share what our organization does and how we can help you on your psychedelic healing journey. We originally started Psychedelic Passage to give folks access to psychedelic therapy within the comfort of their own home. And in the process, we realized that most people have no idea what they're looking for in a guide, and they don't know which providers are qualified. The consequences of sitting with an unqualified provider are dire. There are lots of self-proclaimed facilitators out there who simply don't know what they're doing. And unfortunately, facilitator abuse and ethical violations happen regularly in this space and result in lasting psychological impacts. To solve this, we selectively curated a network of providers all over the US who operate with integrity. This allows us to help you as a client by advocating for you and your care without a conflict of interest, Screening facilitators on your behalf to ensure they know what they're doing and holding facilitators accountable for their actions so you have peace of mind that the provider you're matched with is in good standing. Instead of searching through hundreds of unvetted online provider profiles, you can simply book a call with us and our concierge team will take into account over 20 different variables to get you matched to a trusted facilitator who can provide treatment in the comfort of your own home. We want to give you the confidence that you're sitting with the right provider for you. No matter where you're at in the psychedelic therapy journey, we're here to help. Simply click the link in the show description below to book a consult and get connected to a trusted provider today.
1: Welcome to the Psychedelic Passage podcast. My name is Jimmy Nguyen. This is my Uh, partner in crime, Nick Levitch. Uh, We are co-founders of Psychedelic Passage and hosts of this podcast here. Thank you for joining us. Um, We're gonna talk about probably one of my favorite topics today, (laughs) which is bad trips, psychedelic bad trips. And I'll already preface that we likely will need two episodes for this. And so our intention as setting intention is so important. In just psychedelic work in general. Our intention is to, for this conversation, to talk about high-level bad trips, the philosophy of it, the concept of it, how that plays into uh, just the culture of psychedelics and, and just the culture of our society in general. And then on the next episode, we'll dive into tangible, actionable ways to navigate Bad trips, adverse experiences. Or just avoid it altogether. Or just avoid it altogether, because that is also also possible. So let me start with this. So bad trips is something that has started ever since the war on drugs has been around. Essentially, it's this idea that if you take a substance or you take a whatnot, that there is this uh, potential for Uh, permanent psychosis, there's a potential for just just bad things to happen. And so I think for many folks who think about psychedelics, the first framing is how do I avoid a bad trip, because it's just baked into this, it's kind of this, you know, inevitable thing. And there's a lot of layers of what I just said, by the way, I'll also state that psychedelics are not for everybody. So there are folks who either have a pre existing mental health condition or pre existing something that likely psychedelics won't be the the right avenue or option for you, which is why screening preparation, all of that is so, so important, but let's assume that um, you're, you've done all that and that you've moved into, uh, you know, getting ready for a psychedelic, you know, experience. And this kind of thing is floating around this fear, maybe in the back of your mind about a bad trip. So, let me, let me frame it this way, and I'd love to get, get your thoughts, Nick. In the harm reduction world surrounding psychedelics, many practitioners and folks kind of take this stance that there's no such thing as a bad trip, meaning that bad trips are either misunderstood, challenging, overwhelming, adverse experiences, but bad is essentially in assignment of judgment, like, like where we're saying, oh, this is bad. We got to avoid, avoid, avoid. So let's just start there. I'd love to get your thoughts on, on, on that, Nick.
0: Yeah. So this to me, I, I think that we need to draw a distinction between adverse and bad. And so from my perspective, the bad trip is typically referring to a challenging or difficult experience while being under the influence of a psychedelic like psilocybin, LSD, DMT, or ayahuasca. In a lot of ways, a challenging or difficult experience is baked in to choosing to sit with one of these medicines. By that definition, I have had hundreds of bad trips, because at some point in every journey, there's discomfort or struggle or that feeling of wanting to crawl out of your skin. Okay. At least for me. And I've seen this in, the, in a lot of clients journeys too. Not always, but sometimes. Then there's an adverse experience, which I think deserves its own definition. I think you're better at describing this, but but... This has far more to do with actual moral, ethical, and safety concerns.
1: Yeah, where I where I come from this is that that's such an important distinction because when folks say, oh, there's no such thing as a bad trip, I'm like, yeah, there actually is such a thing as a bad trip, but it depends on whether it's the psychedelic mechanism that's actually causing <laughs> that or not. And so there is such a thing when you are getting abused by your facilitator or when somebody is taking advantage of you in your vulnerable and altered state, whether that's sexually, financially, physically, um, physically, you know, mentally importing ideas and suggestions into like your mind. Like those are not good things that, 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 but, but the, the key is that that is typically a result of improper care, not necessarily in effect of the psychedelic compound itself. And then there are a couple of things within the psychedelic experience that can kind of lead you down a pathway of either a, uh, like an intrusive thought or like a looping pattern or something like that, that can also heighten your, um, your feeling of safety and comfortability and, and, and all of those things. And so I just want to be very, very clear. And I like what you said about adverse versus bad. An adverse experience with psychedelics that exists, which is why you got to find somebody that you really trust that you're really doing your homework, you're doing your research, you feel very, very comfortable with that person, so that they can support you in navigating whatever direction the psychedelic experience goes, that you're going through proper screening that you're preparing so that you don't get sidewinded by some content, or piece of thing that like comes up. But I like what you said, Nick, like, people engage with psychedelics to deal with that rough shit. Like they, they do that to deal with the hard stuff. And so if we're identifying that a bad trip is 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 to avoid all that stuff and it should be all rainbows and butterflies, you're actually missing out on a huge part of the whole equation, which is why people are seeking psychedelic experiences to process that, that stuff.
0: I'll also share that what happens is – That concept of challenge or discomfort that most people label label as bad, what that really does is it expands our comfort zone. It pushes Mm -hmm. the boundaries of of what we're able to to deal with and to hold. And what ultimately that does is it increases our capacity for strength and for healing. Mm -hmm. And so if you talk to most people who have had one of those experiences, um, They'll often tell you that it was just what they needed and they're actually grateful for it once they've processed and integrated it. But while you're going through it, I mean, it can seem like you're dying or like time is standing still or like you, um, you know, are falling into the void, like at the time, not super comfortable, but once it's been integrated, it's incredibly empowering.
1: Mm, Yeah, I mean, I've... (laughs) I've had many death and rebirth experiences in my own psychedelic, you know, events. And, um, those are the best ones. Those are the ones where you really get to look at your life and really make an assessment on what's important to my life or not. And so, you know, it, it, it's, it's, um, it, 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 I I think that I think that bad trips kind of has this stigma in our society, or there's kind of this like thing around it. It around like the conversations around bad trips. And, and most folks are like, let me avoid that. Let me avoid that. Let me avoid that. Where I find, like you're saying, most people who go through those challenging or overwhelming experiences with the right support, with the right process, they actually report back and be like, actually, that was the most important thing that I could have done. That's the most important thing. Or, or what I love with, with some clients who are like, well, I've already been through hell and back, so it can't get any worse than it is <laughs> yeah. now. So like, let's bring it. Like they have this level of like warrior resilience about them, which I also really respect and, and, and appreciate.
0: Yeah. So to be clear, if you engage with psychedelics for long enough, it's unavoidable. Like at a certain point, you're going to have a challenging or an uncomfortable experience. And so I like to use another analogy, which is it's a bit more like running a marathon than it is like going uh, to a party with your friends, right? Like the party with your friends is for fun. It's for recreation. It's for joy. It's for, you know, happiness. But when you run a marathon, it's hard work, but then you cross that finish line and it's incredibly rewarding. And so if you're seeking a rewarding experience, there's going to be some work involved. It is not going to be inherently easy.
1: Yeah. And I also hear people who run marathons, they talk about like that runner's high that kicks in where like the first couple miles, I've never ran a marathon. That'd be, that'd be <laughs> dope though. Um, but, you know, they, they, they have to really think mechanically about it. They have to really put their mind on it and whatever. But then after a certain period, they're just in this flow state. They're just in that like existing. And then, and then they, that's an altered state in itself, I would imagine. And then they move through the marathon. But I think one thing that you brought up, that's so, so important with this, the way that, people talk a lot about set and setting. I actually share a lot of my clients about containers as of, of which set and setting is a part of containers. And so the container has to be conducive to whatever it is that's going on with you. Like, have you ever tried to drink water out of a plate? It's not going to work. But if you drink water out of a cup, likely that's going to be really, really effective. And so when you talk about that, like party setting, right, where folks, I mean, let's, let's be honest, there are people who go out there and use psychedelics recreationally. It's not always in an intentional setting. It's not always in a controlled environment. It's not always in a clinical or ceremonial setting. And that's actually where we see a lot of reports of bad trips, because when you're out with your friends think about the container. Well, the container is everybody needs to be having a good time and everybody needs to be social. And maybe you're at a concert where you're up and dancing. And if there's anything that doesn't match those things, then there's something wrong. And so a lot of times, uh, I'll at least speak for myself. I'll be out there in a recreational environment, woo, everything's all fun. And then I have this um, memory or I'll have this uh, processing, or I'll think about my relationship with my family, or I'll think about just something really, really deeply. And then another part of me kicks in is like, oh, well, I shouldn't be processing this or dealing with this right now, because I'm supposed to be here and having fun. And I'm supposed to be here and, you know, so on and so forth. And so that, for me, creates, at times, a lot of different rifts, a lot of different, um, you know, uh, 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 adverse things things that can be possible when you are not in the proper container, when you're not in the proper support. And so what ends up happening is, you know, folks try to stuff that down. They're like, no, I don't want to deal with this now. I want to just get back to the rainbows and butterflies, which can then exacerbate, you know, the the, the adverse experience or, 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 the, or the bad trip. Um, I also also feel like there's a couple other things that are common, like pitfalls for folks, which I'm not sure if that's a part of this conversation or or the next, you know, one, but the feeling that you're kind of stuck in that experience for a very long time, or that feeling like, oh, you're never gonna like come back to sobriety, that can also like cause people to have a little bit of panic. So that's where it's helpful to have somebody around to be like, no, time is still prog progressing you know, that you will at some point come back down to sobriety, that you will at some point come back down. So that reassurance can also be really, really, you know, helpful for folks. But I'm trying to think about some of these other things that are classic, like bad trips. Looping is another one that that can, that can come up. I don't know if you want to chat about looping a little bit and like psychedelic experiences.
0: I mean, basically the idea with thought loops is that once a seed gets planted for a certain thought, it just keeps repeating itself. And so it could be as, sim- as simple as something like I'm dying or I'm stuck this way, but it just keeps looping and it can be very, very difficult to get out of that. And so we'll talk about tools on how to do this in our next um episode, the follow-up to this, as far as like how to actually navigate these things. But it's important for us to draw some tangible examples of what a bad trip may look and feel like for those who um, may go through it. And I also want to touch on something around this whole concept of a bad trip, which is just how conditioned we are for labels. Uh Because- yeah who decides what a good versus a bad trip is? You. You're the only person that gets to choose that. And so somebody may go through a very challenging journey and label that as good. And somebody may go through the same challenging journey and label that as bad. And so I don't love this term, bad trip, because it's so arbitrary. Uh, everyone's going to have a different definition of what that looks and feels like. And it's really important that we understand how we're using these labels as we approach psychedelic experiences.
1: Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's all expectation setting, right? Like a part of this is, Oh, if I have a bad trip, they kind of, you're, you're kind of assuming that there's no utility or benefit of it. Like if it's bad, meaning it's not in service to me, there's no benefit here. Why am I going through this? And if you view it as a bad trip, you're going to close the door, the door on any potential learning or benefit that can come from that really, really challenging experience. Surprise, surprise. That's why they call it work. Like we're doing inner work. Like, it's, it's in the name that we use to call it. And
0: so work is not fun and celebratory all the time. Well, it's also worth touching on the fact that in order to heal, we have to feel. And for a lot of people, that means unearthing this suppressed or repressed emotion, which we don't feel in our normal day-to-day lives because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But in a psychedelic experience, when our default mode network, our, our ego mechanism, if you will, is turned down or off, we have the capacity to Um, approach that material without our normal defense mechanisms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so inherently, as that gets unearthed, it's not going to be particularly comfortable. If you have a traumatic memory from age 7 to 10 that gets unearthed at age 30, 40, 50, it's not going to be particularly comfortable. But the relief that's felt on the back end of that experience is what creates the lasting change that most people seek.
1: Yeah, there's a level of like practical and strategic um, insight about what you're describing, too, because how resilient would you be if you walked into any experience thinking, this is in service to me? This has a potential benefit for me. That Maybe that's a little selfish, but this, this thing that's happening is actually in support of me and, and in a weird way there's there's um, a practicalness to that because that means then you can move through that experience in a way that is is helpful to you like anybody who's ever grinded at work going for that promotion or that whatever knows what i'm talking about where they're where they're saying if i do this and i put in the hours and i put in the work and i do this then it's actually all going to be in benefit to me because i'll achieve xyz and so just having that mental i think state of just being open-minded about what is actually in service to you versus what is not in service to you is really really important and that's also why um it's so important to have people around you who can actually support you in, in, in that. And I'm probably talking even beyond the psychedelic experience in general, this is just life life, you know, stuff, stuff in general, but so much of this is you getting very real with the expectations that you have set up. And so if you walk into a psychedelic experience wanting to avoid bad trips, avoid bad trips, I want to avoid adverse experience. I want to avoid all that. Well, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself instead, as opposed to just taking the experience for what it is. I I even hear this on the back end when folks come out of psychedelic experiences and then, you know, they chat with their family and friends and they're like, How was it? Was it magical? Was it wonderful? Was it like everything that you wanted it to be? Well, that's also a lot of pressure. And so when we're talking about bad, we're also talking about the pressure of it being good too. And I think that there's a lot of folks out there who feel this pressure on like, oh, well, it needs to be this magical thing that I saw on Netflix or fantastic fungi and all that. I have had plenty of psychedelic experiences where, for lack of a better term, I was in my own shit for hours. Meaning that I was like looking at all the stuff under the hood, and without the right support, without the right all of that, that could have probably been very damaging. But I then chose to find the right support and find the right people around me to then process that, which then it becomes the most remarkable, you know, uh, 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 event in 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 my life. And so, uh, to your point, very contextual, and I think that. This is why we share with our clients is that you just got to set your intention. You just got to set your reason for being your reason for moving into this and then remove all expectation on how that looks, which I think also includes the bad trip, the bad experiences, and then also the, the good trips and and the good experiences. And so when we remove ourselves from these labels more is possible, uh, it, that's kind of what I'm hearing you, you saying. If, yeah, if that's right. Yeah.
0: It's, it, it's, and we talk about this with how to navigate the journey. It's like withhold judgment, just let the experience happen and you can try to unpack it during integration. But there's a certain element of surrender required. And, well, we'll talk about this next time, but this kind of trade off <laughs> between, we'll talk about this kind of trade off between um, surrender and the ease of the journey. There's yeah. Trade off. Yeah. And, um, this is one of those things where context is everything, because mm-hmm. if, if you're aware that some of these challenges are normal themes and experiences within a psychedelic journey, you're not caught off guard by it. Yeah. I think a lot of the reason people find themselves in, in in this kind of traditional bad trip territory if you will is because they're not even aware that it's a that 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 something like ego death or thought loops or coming face to face with your your unsavory aspects of yourself. They're not even aware that that's baked into the experience, that it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. And so there's actually more harm done by being unaware of its potential. As opposed to just knowing that it's a it's a possibility that these themes arise. And then when it happens, you're like, oh, okay, I know that this was gonna happen and I knew that it was temporary and I know that I'm not stuck this way. But if you don't know any of those things, that's really where I find things get extra challenging. Yeah,
1: seeing it coming or having the potential that stuff's gonna come up is a way just just strategically, is a yeah. way better stance than just walking in and be like, all right. I'm ready i'm I'm ready for the mushrooms to heal me you know 100%. and then and then it's like man if something really goes sideways or you get you know blindsided by something then that can be really, really challenging and so I'll also just add that we're just humans. We're survival mechanisms. We're, we're walking pattern machines, like predicting things and assessing things. We Those expectations is is baked into our human experience. Like, we expect the sun to rise. We expect the sun to go down. We expect, you know, certain, you know, things. And so, it's a part of our just, like, human chemistry, I think, and just DNA to um, observe patterns and just have an idea of what we think is going to happen, that helps from a survival mechanism. It is a double-edged sword when you're walking into a psychedelic experience because the moment that it doesn't look the way that, that you don't think it looks or, or that you think it should look, that's then when your mind starts to label it. You're like, oh, it doesn't look like how I thought in here. So this must not be working. This must not be whatever. And then the same for bad trips is how resilient are you to lean into whatever that content is? Because if, if all you're doing is, oh, that's bad. Let me avoid, 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 avoid. Then how is that actually beneficial if you're trying to, uh, you know, navigate something that happened to you when you were a kid or you're, or you're at a crossroads in your life trying to make the, you know, the right decision, like move.
0: And the irony here is that trying to avoid what's already happening organically actually creates more discomfort. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, so like, okay. The, the the psychedelic experience is a roller coaster ride. This thing's on rails, and it's it's got its own set path. And if you're trying to steer that roller coaster, you're just going to create far more discomfort for yourself because it's on tracks. So you're not moving it. And and one of the things that we see time and time again, both ourselves as journeyers and facilitating for folks, is the more you try to push something away, the harder the medicine fights back. The more you try to control it, the more discomfort there is. It's very paradoxical in that nature. And so, um, you know, the the best thing we can do, and this is what you were talking about, Jimmy, is just accept what's happening.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had clients who have gone into a psychedelic experience basically ready to go to war with themselves. They're like, <laughs> I, I just know that there's a lot of stuff in here and I'm ready for it. and oftentimes i'd probably say 80 percent. those clients actually get a really blissful and joyful and just like you know just because they
0: were willing to go there
1: right they they were they're like i'm willing but like if not like cool you know and then there are some other clients who also feel like going to battle or war with themselves is actually the only way to heal in which case that's going to come up that inner conflict and that inner struggle and and all of that. And so
0: let's be clear. It's about self-acceptance. It's about loving all parts of yourself. I don't think trying to fight yourself is the solution here. It's radical acceptance, unconditional love of both the savory and unsavory aspects of ourselves. Yeah. What I share with, with my clients is like,
1: obviously through preparation, we get through preparation and I tell them there's that just at some point, you're going to feel like you've done as much as you can to prepare. Right. And then I tell them all that you need to do on the day of ceremony is show up with all your shit, like fully show up with all the stuff, meaning that if you were a hallway and there were doors all leading down this corridor, every one of them should be available and accessible to open if they get open. The moment that you come across one and there's a locked door and you're like, oh, there's that thing that I'm not sure of. Then that's when that oh, that stuff comes up, and then that conflict, that internal conflict, that internal resistance can feed upon itself. Can feed upon itself. Also, for folks who are dealing with uh, disruptive patterns or, uh, uh, or sorry, habitual patterns or disruptive thoughts, the all of those things that come up. Typically, when folks prepare for a psychedelic experience, those things are going to come up even stronger leading into the experience because you're bringing likely you're bringing those things more to the surface. And so this kind of goes back to what you were talking about, where like you expand your comfort zone by being outside of your comfort zone. You expand and, and your boundaries by knowing where your boundaries lie and, you know, all that stuff. And so when folks move through or prepare for a psychedelic experience, and they're like, oh, my like self-judgment, it's really going off in my brain right now, or my, um, you know, lack of self-worth. It's its really, really strong. It's really, really strong leading into a psychedelic experience. And for most folks, all that stuff is bad. They want to have less negative self-talk, and they want to have less, you know, um, uh, self-deprecating stuff. But if you're actually bringing all those things to the surface in preparation for a psychedelic experience, maybe that's actually a benefit to you. And so this is this is what we're talking about. Where so much of this is subjective and contextual and it just just depends on your process and your journey, but you're the one that decides. You're the one that decides whether this thing is beneficial to address or like not address. And so,
0: yeah, I mean, I want to go back to this thing which is that a lot of times that challenging material becomes the most crucial part of the psychedelic experience, because it results in that positive mental, physical, and spiritual growth that you desire. There's this, I I just pulled this up. There's a study from uh, the journal of psychopharmacology, which pulled about 2000 psilocybin users. And of this set of people, 39% labeled the experience as one of the most challenging of their lives However, 84% of the total participants stated that this challenge was a positive experience in the long term. Wow. And so it just goes to show there's this direct correlation between a challenging, uncomfortable experience and uh, the, the perceived benefit once it's been adequately integrated and processed.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, and I, I want to be really thoughtful here to our viewers is it's not about you know we're talking about all this labeling stuff and it's it's not about there's a term called spiritual bypassing which is about taking any adverse thing and 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 then you just like find the silver lining or you find the framing or you just always frame it in a positive light it's not about saying that the, that the really difficult thing that you're going through should be viewed in a good lens what it is is just acknowledging the significance and power of what it is for what it is without assigning any labels to it. And then therefore you actually might be able to navigate that in a more enriching and significant way for your own healing process. And so this isn't about turning, you know, demons into angels and, you know, all all that stuff, or like I said earlier, like rainbows and butterflies, this is just really feeling equipped to navigate and address any and all of that, you know, as, as it comes up. And I'll also say this, like there is a, a real benefit for folks to speak about psychedelics in a very positive light in our society right now. It's new, it's exciting, it's an alternative. A lot of people are getting some benefit from it, but everything has a shadow side. Everything has its own risks. Everything has its own, all of that. And so at any time that you're talking to a facilitator or somebody and they're telling you, oh, I'll help you avoid a bad trip, or, oh, take this combination of this specific strain. This, this specific strain of psilocybin mushrooms have never given
0: any of my clients a bad trip. Proceed with caution. Proceed with massive, There are no guarantees. Caution. There are no guarantees in this work. That's the bottom line. And anybody who is trying to do that is essentially selling you snake oil. I would
1: much rather, myself personally, I'll be selfish here. I'd feel much safer for you to work with somebody who's like, you know what? you may go through some shit. You may go through some challenging stuff. You may go through some beautiful stuff, but I'm going to be here right with you. And I'm going to help you navigate that. And I'm going to support you in whatever way for you to fully express yourself in a psychedelic experience, as opposed to being like, yeah, it's going to be really great. And we'll avoid all the bad trips and all that. Like that's that's some bullshit, basically, is, is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: So I want to leave one, I want to leave this with one point before we wrap up today, which is that for most of us, we spend so much of our lives seeking pleasure and avoiding pain that this can seem a little um, counterintuitive or unnatural for us to step deep into uh, what it is that we've suppressed or repressed. But that's really what allows us to heal. And so, um, yeah. I always I always leave my clients or, or, or potential clients that I speak with, with a, with a way to kind of gauge where they're at to see if a journey like this makes sense. And essentially, it's, it's understanding that only when the pain of the present moment outweighs the potential discomfort of change, do we as humans typically change our ways. Yeah, and I think that's a good barometer for anyone that's listening to to really dig deep and think about whether this is something that makes sense for them, knowing that all of this potential exists.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and we're gonna continue on. So this is the first, you know, kind of chunk of our conversation around bad trips. On the next episode, we'll talk uh, a little bit more, I think, tactically and practically about navigating these experiences, knowing that. They're somewhat inevitable if we're really doing that inner work. So join us on that next episode. Uh, This wraps us up for this episode here. You can download uh, all episodes of the Psychedelic Passage podcast. Look for our episodes by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you find and get your podcasts. So thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time. I am excited to share a new offering that can be found on our website, psychedelicpassage.com, which is our digital store. We here at Psychedelic Passage are constantly thinking about ways to enrich the intentional psychedelic process for our community. And now with this digital store, you'll be able to find preparation guides, integration guides, and recorded workshops that are typically only available to our clients. We hope that this is an exciting offering and we look forward to adding more content over time. So check out the link in the episode description below or visit our website, psychedelicpassage.com. And we are very excited to expand our service offerings to the greater community.